Hey, this is Adrian Hernandez, and welcome to the NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. We're here to give you some extra time with our speaker and ask some of the tough and interesting questions you want to hear most. If you haven't already, we hope you'll watch the full Grand Rounds webinar recording to learn more. All of our Grand Rounds content can be found at rethinkingclinicaltrials.org. Thanks for joining. Hi, this is Adrian Hernandez, a host for Collaboratory Grand Rounds. And today we're here with Emily O'Brien, who will be reflecting on a recent Grand Rounds presentation entitled Hero Together, Building Vaccine Confidence with Long-Term Outcomes Data. So Emily, uh, thanks for uh, joining us and doing this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So uh, first of all, maybe just give an overview of what HERO is. What, what are the aims and um, what's it intended to do? Yeah, so HERO Together is a program to look at long-term outcomes after vaccines in healthcare workers. And the focus for this is the COVID-19 vaccines that have recently become available under emergency use authorization by the FDA. And so um, we're, you know, we're really coming from a place of having some encouraging safety and efficacy data from phase three clinical trials. But we're also, you know, acknowledging that these vaccines are new and um, long-term safety really comes from data and, and comes from, um, you know, having um, good information on how people do over time post-vaccination. And so um, to meet that need, we have set up a, a program um, where people can self-enroll online and then um, tell us through periodic surveys how they're doing, if they've had any unexpected medical care, any um, hospitalizations, other uh, events of interest um, that we might want to investigate further. And so in addition, they'll be telling us um, how they're doing with respect to quality of life, um, and then uh, will become part of our HERO registry for um, uh, potential future research opportunities as well. And you've already learned um, uh, information from HERO about uh, vaccine hesitancy from hot topics. So what's, what are uh, people saying? What are, the, what are the healthcare workers saying about vaccines? Yeah, a couple of um, important um, points here. So our first poll that we we did in late October, we saw more hesitancy than we might have expected. I think um, going into this, we thought you know, healthcare workers might be more open to um, medical innovation than the general population. Um, it might be sort of more comfortable with the, the clinical trial process and the process for approval. So they might be more willing to, to take this new vaccine. We actually saw that about 54% of them in October said, yes, I would agree to be vaccinated if the vaccine were available to me at no cost. Um, so that was lower than we thought. Um, the good news is we've, we've seen that that is a number that can change. Um, we repeated the poll in um, December, early December of 2020, um, exactly the same way, asked the same question. We saw that the number rose from 54% to 76%. Um, potential major um, events that could have contributed to this are um, uh, press releases from phase three trials um, suggesting that the vaccines were highly effective. Um, two mRNA vaccines, um, one from Pfizer and BioNTech and one from Moderna were, were um, effective and safe. Um, and then, you know, there was also a, obviously a national election in November as well that um, had a lot of discussion around the pandemic and um, approaches to vaccination and, and sort of how we move forward from this. And so those are both um, things that may have contributed to this improvement that we saw. 
um, but certainly it's it's encouraging to see that um, people can change their minds about this and can become more vac vaccine uh, willing and accepting um, as time goes on. The other important piece of that is that we did see um, that there was variation by professional role with paramedics, EMTs, and physicians being the most uh, vaccine willing at both time points. Um, and nurses uh, being uh, less vaccine willing. And so um, th this is helpful as we, as we start to think about, you know, where hesitancy um, might be most prominent and how, um, you know, we might target strategies to try to improve confidence and, and help people feel comfortable um, with their decision-making process. And um, healthcare workers are on the front lines, especially, or um, under a lot of stress. Uh, and, dealing with COVID-19, um, lots of other different issues have come up in society. What's uh, going to be um, the value back uh, to healthcare workers? Uh, what's that look like? Yeah, so this is a really important <clears throat> discussion as we were planning the program. Um, as you've mentioned, this is a group of people that have contributed a lot um, to, to keeping others healthy and safe over the past um, year or so. And, and we really, um, you know, we, we don't want to just capture information without also giving something back. And so there are a couple of different things. Um, we are offering a small amount of financial compensation uh, to reflect the time that they'll spend filling out surveys. Um, but importantly, you know, what we heard from um, the HERO Registry of Healthcare Workers was that um, getting information um, about what we were learning was was really critical and was a, a key driver for them um, to stay engaged. And, and they saw that as a major reason to be involved. And so we're currently planning to um, do the same thing here with HERO Together, let people know what we're learning as we go instead of, you know, the, just having one um, academic publication at the end of the project. We really want to um, provide information back about the data um, in aggregate form um, so that, that people can see what we're learning and, and the science that they're contributing to. Terrific. Now, uh, I know this is uh, it's being done in a different way, a different model, a so-called uh, sightless. Uh, what's that mean, um, especially in a setting where, you know, healthcare workers um, actually are often at sites? Yeah, so this was um, really a, an interesting sort of design to put together. Um, what what we recognized is that um, you know it was important that we we get this up and running quickly, um, and also that we're able to meet people where they are. And so acknowledging that healthcare workers, um, some obviously work in large academic uh, medical centers, and some are working in other you know smart, smaller, more rural settings. Um, we wanted to make sure that an opportunity was available to all of them um, to, to participate in this effort. And so um, we have uh, several institutions that we've partnered with where we'll have uh, navigators who are physically present on site and are um, able to answer some um, high-level questions on the study and also to provide key information about the goals of the project. But in addition to that, uh, we are open to enrollment from any healthcare provider, um, no matter where they are in the country, as long as they meet our um, inclusion criteria, they can they can be part of the, the study. Um, and, and so this is really important, you know, as we think about the evidence that comes from this, we want to make sure that it's representative of, of the entire healthcare worker community, not those who just work in large academic settings. Um, and so it, we have a, a number of different um, recruitment strategies to try to uh, really bolster 
enrollment um, outside of the, the sort of traditional academic health system, but then also have the navigators um, to complement that who are, are present um, at these uh, large uh, vaccination locations. So hopefully we'll get a, a good um, variety of, of um, people, both with respect to role and um, with respect to um, demographics um, and, and geographic region, um, and, and we'll be able to have more generalizable findings as a result. Great. And there are a lot of um, initiatives uh, around uh, COVID-19 vaccines. And um, how is this uh, different um, uh, from those other initiatives? Uh, How is it complementary? Yeah, so I think you know the first um, question that has come up as as we've we've talked about what we can really add is you know the phase three trial participants are um, still contributing data and and we're learning more about long term outcomes um, in those populations, which is absolutely true. But you know when we talk about real world evidence, um, it's important for us to emphasize how populations that are broader can actually um, give us new understanding and new knowledge that isn't available in um, in other data. And so the example that we point to with Hero Together um, is that um, you know, phase three trial tra- populations excluded um, immunocompromised individuals as well as pregnant and breastfeeding women. And so you know, this is a key opportunity for us to learn from um, people who might fall into those categories um, who are making their own decisions without a whole lot of data, um, sort of what things look like over time. And so the, the breadth of the population is a big one. Um, we also have a verification of events from a, a clinical event ascertainment committee um, that will adjudicate um, any hospitalizations or other events that we see through medical record review. So we'll have um, really robust event information relative to something like you know, an administrative claims only data set. Um, an extensive list of adjustment variables. We'll, we'll be asking people to tell us about their medical history. So when we do comparisons, we can be really confident that anything that we see has been, um, you know, adequately adjusted for some of the potential key risk factors. And then, um, you know, as I previously mentioned, um, we want people to know that um, what we're learning from their data and that, um, you know, that they're contributing to the science. And one way to do that is to show them what we're learning. And so the return of results is going to be another uh, key piece of this, that they're, they're not just reporting data that um, is then sort of internally assessed and they don't get to really see what's happening. It's um, really about sharing and building this community where um, we can show what we're finding as we go. Terrific. And uh, last question. Um, If someone wants to join who's a healthcare worker or wants to refer a friend or family or, or a workmate, where do they go? They should go to heroesresearch.org. That's uh, one word, heroesresearch.org, um, and look for the link to Hero Together. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, um, and we would love to partner with you and hear from you um, about your experience signing up. So please get in contact with us. Um, we are very uh, eager to hear how, you know, how, how the experience is for people and, and are um, hopeful that you'll join us. So thanks. Emily, uh, thanks uh, for sharing your insights about this important program and also uh, helping address uh, major issues around COVID-19 health and vaccinations. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Uh, Please join us uh, for our next podcast as we continue to highlight interesting issues and big changes in the research world. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining today's NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. Let us know what you think by rating this interview on our website, and we hope to see you again on our next Grand Rounds, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.